just be with us and um, be teaching us and help us to be more like you at the end of this week, God. We love you. Um, amen. So we're going to be in Jonah. The book of Jonah. So I know you guys have probably, I'm 100% sure you've heard the story of Jonah before. But have you, have you read the book since you were, you know, a kid and not? <laughs> it's pretty good, so maybe you'll be, maybe you'll be surprised. Um, 502. 502. It's such a small book. Yeah, it is. Um, I marked it before just in case. <laughs> so we're going to read Jonah chapter 1. Anyone interested in reading? Go for it. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Say. Uh, we're going to read the whole first chapter, but you can just read it and somebody else can finish. It's up to you how, how far you want to go. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty temp- tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord of God, the heaven, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid, and said to him, What is it that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, and the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard and got back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Awesome. So, you guys have all heard the story of Jonah before, I'm 100% sure. But just, basically what we read was, Jonah hears from the Lord, you know. God gives him word, go to Nineveh and, um, you know, speak my word to them. Uh, But he decides that he's not going to do that and he runs away, uh, going as far as he can from Nineveh 
to trying to get to this place called Tarshish. Um, and it's over in Spain, and so it's the opposite direction from Nineveh. He went the totally opposite way. But on the way, he's on this ship, and God sends a, a storm. And the mariners on the ship are really afraid, and so they ask, you know, who, what, what reason did this storm come upon us? Whose fault is it? And they figure out it's Jonah's. And um, the main part we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the whole chapter, but the one verse we're going to keep referring back to is what Jonah says to them when they ask him, where do you come from? What's your country? And of what people are you? And this is what Jonah says in verse 9. He says, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And so we're going to camp out in verse 9 pretty much the whole um, time we talk. And we're going to refer back to other parts of the stories. And we're going to see what Jonah said and see how his words line up with his actions. Now, human beings have this strange like, capability to say something and really um, believe it, but in their actions, just not live it out at all. It's called hypocrisy, right? You say something and you do just the totally opposite thing. And there's so many examples. Um, the most striking one I could think of was this guy named Patrick Henry. Does anyone know who Patrick Henry was? Yeah, who was he? Yeah, I don't know. He was some sort of. All I know is this quote by Patrick Henry. He's, I think, but he's. Some, you're right. He's some sort of famous American in history. And this is what Patrick Henry said. He said, "Give me liberty or give me death." And that's what that's what I know him for. I don't know what else he did. Um, so he said that. He said these famous words. Everyone, all of us probably have heard that. "Give me liberty or give me death." Even if we didn't know it was this guy, Patrick Henry. Um, but he had a wife that was um, had some mental problems, and back in the day, they didn't really know what to do with it, do with that, like depression and uh, mental um, things like that. And so they had her in a straitjacket, and they kept her in the basement, locked up. And so he said, "Give me liberty or give me death," um, and he locked up his wife and put her in the basement, and so she didn't come out. And so. To me, you know, that's a pretty big example of hypocrisy, right? Can you imagine um, his wife saying that to, to him? Give me liberty or give me death. And he's like, shut up, you know, get in the basement or whatever. Um, that's, that's, that's a pretty uh, bold statement to say and then not to live it out, especially because we remember him for saying that. Um, but like a more modern day example would be maybe um, the people that are really out for women's rights, okay? They want women's rights. They want women to have a say over what happens to them, and they're really for abortion, okay? And so they're like, oh yeah, I want women to have the right to do what they want with their body. Um, and at the same time saying that, they want women to have the right to do what they want with their body. They're killing, you know, two, 20 million women uh, since Roe v. Wade. And so they're saying they want to protect women at the same time they're killing millions and millions of women. And so that, to me, that's another example of hypocrisy in modern day. And there's tons of, um, unfortunately, political examples, right? People that condemn this thing and then secretly they find out they're doing this, the other thing. Uh, doing the same thing they condemn. It happens all the time. So we see it all over, but human beings have this strange capability. It, it's so weird that we can say it. And I'm sure Patrick Henry believed what he was saying. He just, it didn't connect in his mind that he wasn't living it out. And so this is kind of what happens to Jonah, right? Like, 
Um, Jonah says in verse 9, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. So he's talking about how he fears God. He's talking about he's a Hebrew. That means he's a person of God. He's of the people of God. Um, But check out what he does in verse 2, right? God says, Arise, go to Nineveh, this great city, and call it against it, for their evil has come upon me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he's like, yeah, I'm a person of God. I fear God. And what he did was he, he ran from God. He knew exactly what God called him to do. He heard an audible voice, audible voice, which most of us want to hear. You know, God, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Um, but he heard that and he just ran. And not only did he run, he ran in the opposite direction. And so it's just really clear that he, he doesn't fear God, right? You don't... You don't say that you fear God and just totally disregard, you know, the most obvious command from God, uh, a verbal command that God gave directly to Jonah. If he feared him, he, he would he would have done it because he, he would have known, um, I can't I can't disobey God. He he's all powerful. Um, I'm going to be held accountable for this. And so he, you see this you see this hypocrisy starting out here in just the verse two that he. He says he fears God, but he doesn't really. And so before you guys think, oh, I'm off the hook, right? God never spoke to me audibly. Um, he, he did speak to us, right? Like in the same way that Jonah heard God speak um, and he claimed to be a person of God, but didn't do what God had asked him to do. Um, I think most of us here, if not all of us, claim to be people of God, right? To be Christians. And there are things that God has clearly asked us to do in the Bible. And here are just some examples that I thought of, um, that could apply to us. Um, he's, Jesus told us to make disciples. In the end of Matthew 28, this was his last command to his followers. He said, Go ye therefore into all the nations, baptizing them, um, making disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And so, making disciples, to tell others about, about God, like Jonah was asked to do. And so just like Jonah was asked to go tell others about God, so were we. Um, and if we call ourselves people of God, peoples of God, and we don't do what he said, that's hypocrisy, right? We've got some hypocrisy there. Um, other things God commanded us, he commanded us to love. This is, a, this is all over the Bible. Jesus um, talked about love a lot. The Old Testament as well talks about love. We're supposed to love God. We're supposed to love our neighbor. We're supposed to love the poor. We're supposed to love uh, widows and orphans. We're supposed to be forgiving. That's showing love to others. We're, ha- we're supposed to have kindness, mercy. mercy. We're supposed to sacrifice. Um, all these things that show love, um, we're supposed to pray. Jesus said many times, when you pray, pray like this, you know, our Father who art in heaven, and we all know the rest of that. But the point is, when you pray, we're supposed to pray. Um, when there's people that aren't hearing the gospel, Jesus said, um, the fields are ripe for the harvest. Therefore, pray that God would send workers into the harvest. And then the last um, would be, the last two things that uh, he's commanded is, is the sacraments. The baptism, to be baptized. Christ commanded us to go, go baptizing others, but we're also supposed to be baptized ourselves. And we're supposed to take communion, to take the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him. And so, I think almost all the things Jesus said can be boiled down into these basically four commands. Um, they're broad categories. But the point is that we all have 
things uh, that Christ asks us to do, and if we're not doing them and we call ourselves followers of God, uh, there, there's a contradiction there. There's some hypocrisy there. And every single one of us has something that we're not doing. I have something, um, and we all do. But Jonah, we're going to keep picking on Jonah um, for a little bit because uh, it doesn't end there. <laughs> he says um, that he, he's a person of God, that he fears God, and that God was the God that created the sea and the dry land. And back in the day, they had gods for everything, right? The idols, they had a god for the desert and a god for the sun and a god for the sea and a god for this country and a god for that country. And so what he's saying here is, I fear the God who made everything. That made, he made the sea and the dry land. He's the God of heaven. He's God over it all. And so he's, he's kind of counteracting this idea that there's many different gods in many different places. So he's proclaiming that. But what he says is, well, if there's a God that is all over, he's, he's over the whole world, how could you run from that God? That doesn't make any sense, right? And so he runs from the God he says is everywhere. And that, again, doesn't jive. Um, can you run from a God that's everywhere? You can't. And so does he believe it? I don't know. But he's saying something and he's doing something else. And again, it applies to our lives because um, we have a choice. We can either run into God's presence or we can run away from it. And those are our two options. And if you call yourself a person of God, which Jonah did, you would run to God's presence, right? If I think almost every Christian would say they love God. I don't know how many... I can't. I think there's a very small number, maybe none, uh, people at our church that would say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I just don't love God. I'm just a Christian. That doesn't mean I love God. You know, we all know that that's a part of it. A part of being the people of God is loving God. So it doesn't really make sense to run from His presence. Now tell me what you would, tell me what you would say if I said this to Jess. Okay, you heard, me, you, heard an you overheard a conversation between me and my wife. And I said this to her. You know, Jess... I really love you. I just, I don't want to be with you and I don't really want to get to know you. Um, I don't want to spend time with you, but I do love you. You guys would be like, you're crazy, right? Like yeah, something is wrong. Yeah, that's not love, okay? If you love someone, you want to be with them. You want to get to know them better. You want to spend time with them. And so that's the same with God. If, if we're running into his presence, um, we love him. But if, if we say we love him and we don't want to spend time with him, we don't make time for make time for Him in our day. We don't get run to Him in prayer, um, read His Word. That doesn't really make sense. It doesn't jive. It doesn't fit together. Saying we love God, um, but we don't want to be with Him, that does, just doesn't make sense. We wouldn't talk to anyone else like that. Why would we talk to God like that? And so, again, you're either running to God or you're running away from God. You, another a negative way to say it was, would be you're either killing sin or sin is killing you. Okay, And so you're, you're never just maintaining. You're either pushing into God, getting more and more of God, or you're falling away. And so that's the question. Um, Jonah was running from God, even though he said he was a person of God. And so that's the question to us. Are we fleeing to God's presence? Are we making time for Him? Do we want to spend time with Him? And if we don't, then again, there's some hypocrisy there. There's something wrong in our hearts. And so we're going to keep picking on Jonah. And uh, I'm glad I'm not in the Bible because... Someone do a Bible study over me and say, hey, look, look at Andrew's life and <laughs> look how it doesn't match up. <laughs> because, um, so one more time, let's, look, let's pick on Jonah a little bit. So, he, he, he says things and um, 
it's just not true, right? That's, that's the definition of hypocrisy. And uh, the mariners have to ask Jonah to start praying. They say, come on, Jonah, call out to your God, you know? The people um, that aren't of God's people are the ones that they're encouraging him to pray. And so he, he's this guy that says, you know, I'm a person of God. I fear God who, who doesn't act like he fears God. He runs from God. Who says that God created everything, but he, he tries to run from that God. Um, who says he's a person of God, but he, he doesn't pray. He has to wait for um, someone else to ask him, some mariners who, who aren't the people of God, to say, hey, come on, you should be praying right now. And that's a pretty bad situation if someone, you know, um, that doesn't know God at all, never heard about this God until you talk to them, is calling you out, hey, shouldn't you be doing this? And so, again, he keeps saying things, um, but just in his actions, they're not true. And so, is that something we can learn from? And I think it is because, like I said, the human, human being has this really weird capability to say something and just not act like it, not act like it's true. And so, in the church, I think there's a lot of times we do this, where we say something, we believe it's true, we think we believe it's true, but we just don't act like it. And so, if we say God, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, a lot of us, I think, would say that. But we'd also say it like this, yeah, Jesus, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. You know, it's like, it's not a big deal, it's not exciting, but if someone saved you, you know, if he, if he saved you and you've given your whole life to him, like, that's a pretty big deal. I don't... I don't think we'd be, yeah, Jesus, he's my Lord and Savior. I guess I'll go to church, you know. Someone saved your life. You'd be really grateful. And, and so it's, it's a, a way in which our actions and our words aren't, aren't lining up. Um, and I hear it all the time. Another way is um, similar uh, similar example. We say we're born again, right? We were dead and we're made alive. But we talk about it like nothing happened, right? Oh, yeah, I was, I'm, born, I'm born again a Christian. I was dead and now I'm alive, but yeah, nothing's really different. You know, like we say we, we were dead and now we're alive, but we live like we're still dead, right? Nothing has changed. Um, if, if being a Christian is being dead and becoming alive, there's, there's a big difference there, right? No one, no one is dead and they just lay in their grave and don't move. Like if someone died and if Lazarus, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, if Lazarus was like, yeah, I know you raised me from the dead, but I just want to lay here and pretend like I'm dead still. That doesn't make any sense. And so if, if we were dead and now we're alive, there should be a big difference, you know? Alive people don't act like they're dead, except when they're sleeping, but even then, you know? Um, and so the last one, um, and this one to me is something that I lived in for so long, and it, and it was total hypocrisy. I said that I believed, you know, God was real, that there's a heaven and there's a hell, and, and that, you know, trusting Christ is the most important thing that anyone could do. But I had friends that I knew didn't know God. And so if, if I believed my words, they, they were going to hell, right? They, they didn't know God, so they would be separated from Him for eternity, but I just didn't do anything about it. And that, to me, is a huge, huge example of hypocrisy that was in my life. Because if either they're not my friends, or I don't believe that, that that's true, it hasn't hit my heart. Because if they're your friends, you got to tell them. You, ha- you have to tell them, because... Eternity is a long time, right? And if God is the best thing in the world, um, in, in the universe, and, and there, hell is separation from the, the good thing, God, that, that gives everything else its goodness, man, I got to tell them. And so that's, that to me is a big hypocrisy. And it's the same with, you know, with, with Jonah. He didn't want to tell them. 
And, and this whole passage is a big contrast. It's, it's showing a bad example and, a, and, in a way, a good example. A good example is the mariners, okay? And it's funny because it's, it's ironic. In verse 5, it says that they were praying to their gods. They weren't people of God. But whenever they heard about God, look what happens in verse 16. They feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord. And so they never claimed to be people of God in the, in the beginning. Jonah did, but they didn't. But what happened when they heard about God was they turned and their actions uh, uh, matched up with, with their new belief. Oh, this, there's a God out there. And, and they changed. And they started sacrificing that God. And they started fearing that God. And so the question is, which does God want from us, right? Does he want us just to say, hey, I'm a Christian. And that's what God wants is just our, our words. Or does he want us to um, turn our whole hearts, turn our actions, turn our our turn our words as well, but turn everything about us to God, which is which is he asking for, and to find you know out which example I think you know which one he wants, but um, we're going to read what Jesus has to say about it in Matthew twenty one. We're going to read twenty eight through thirty two, so that's just that's not too much. So everybody got it? 28. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son, and he said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, now this is the Pharisees that were saying this, The first, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. So you see the, you see the um, similarity here? He's saying there's two sons, and, and one Said he, said he would do what the father asked and didn't do it. And the other said, no, I'm not going to do it. But then he changed his mind and decided to actually do it. And, and this is Jonah and the Mariners, right? Jonah all along said he was following God, but he just never did it. And the Mariners, they never claimed to be people of God. But they actually turned and, and, and did what God asked. Um, they feared him and revered him and sacrificed to him. And so... Even the Pharisees here knew, you know, which one is the one that did the will of the Father. The one that actually did it, even though they said they weren't going to do it. And, um, and that's the mariners, and, and that affects our life, right? Because that tells us that Jesus didn't want us just to say we're Christians. He wasn't, and we know he didn't want it because he didn't go around talking to his disciples like this. He didn't say to his disciples, hey, will you just, um, you don't have to follow me or anything, but you can just say that you're a Christian. Just put, attach my name to, you, to yourself, and that's all I really want. He didn't ask them to do that. He asked them to follow him, to actually do it. And, um, and that's what he wants from us, too. And so the whole part about John the Baptist, um, you guys remember John the Baptist, he, what was his message? His message was repent, to turn from, from what you were doing and, and run to God, because the kingdom of heaven is near. And see, the prostitutes and the tax collectors, just like the mariners, never claimed to follow God. But when they heard the message, they turned. They repented and they followed him. And the Pharisees all along, um, 
They said they were following God the whole time, but they just never did, just like Jonah. And so the question is, which one are we? And the good news is, here's the really good news, this is the most important part, is that um, the answer for both groups, whether you, you never claim to follow God or whether you have claimed and just never did it, um, whether you were worshiping idols or whether you said you worship God, but in your heart um, you were worshiping something else, either way the answer is, um, is God. Look, if you look back in Jonah, and I can, I can read it um, if, if I can find it maybe. Um, in Jonah's prayer, in chapter 2, I'm just going to read two verses, if I can find it. Okay, in chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Jonah says this. I think it's 8 and 9. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. And this is the major part. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Okay, salvation belongs to the Lord, and that's the good news for both groups, whether you're religious or whether you're irreligious. Um, it is, God is there. He, he's the one in which salvation is found, so we turn and we run to Him because he's, He sacrificed Himself for us. He made a way. Even though we sinned, Christ died uh, for, our, for our sins that we might come to God. And just like Zach talked about two weeks ago, um, it's, it's giving our whole lives to Him. It's, it's losing ourselves. It's, it says, um, if you, those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. And so if we lose our lives for, for Christ, if we give our whole life to Christ, then, uh, then he, he's, he's there. He's ready to give us a gift uh, of forgiveness. And so the answer to both is to turn to God. And it, it's about the heart. Following God's commands never saves you. The, the mariners weren't saved because they followed God's commands. They were saved because they trusted in the blood of Christ. Following commands shows where your heart is, though. Because uh, uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you will follow my commands. And so, if you, if you say um, you love God and you don't follow His commands... Uh, Jesus' words would say, do you? Do you love God? And that's the question for us tonight is, well, one, have we ever trusted in Christ and said, I'm going to commit my whole life to you. Um, I want to turn from my sins and I, I want to trust in your blood that covers me. I want to lose my life for your sake. And if we have said that, but we aren't following um, then it's a heart issue, right? Our hearts, we do what we want to do and, and our hearts don't want to follow God. And so we need to confess that to Him and ask Him to change our hearts. And so, four questions for you. Are you walking in, in disobedience to any of God's commands? And so I'll just let that one sit for a second. Just mold through. Are you running from God's presence? Is it something you're seeking out or is it something that you don't make time for? And is there anywhere where the things you say about God just, just aren't lived out? And so if the answer to any of those questions was, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not living like I say I should say. Um, I say, huh, I'm not living like I, I my, let me restart. My words are not ma matching up with uh, my actions. My actions are not matching up with my words. So if that's the case, you know, God said he'll give us a new heart, right? Ezekiel 36, 26, I will put a new heart within you. And so 
I know that all of us, at least all of us have some of this in our lives. And so let's just take some time and let's pray right now and ask God, give us a new heart. Help me to live out what I'm, what I'm saying, what I know is true about you. Because that's the only thing we can do. We can't change our own hearts. and We're totally dependent on God to do that. So let's just pray for a minute or two.